Final Fantasy VII, released in Japan on January 31st, 1997, was the seventh RPG in the Final Fantasy series by Square Enix, and then later releasing in America on September 7th, 1997, which was an important day in the history of the role-playing games from Japan. Not only was it the seventh installment of Final Fantasy, but the Final Fantasy that finally encapsulated the importance of Final Fantasy and the series and RPGs in the West. Welcome everyone to a special episode of Third Party Controller Podcast, where we are celebrating the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII. I'm Jesse, and I have a very special guest on this episode. It's me, Scott. I'm here to talk about the worst Final Fantasy game ever made. That's what Scott's <laughs> here to talk about. I hate it. It's junk, and I wish I had never played it. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. It's a great it's a game. <laughs> yes, everyone. We have Scott back to discuss one of the landmark Final Fantasy games in history in America. Most people don't know around that time in the 90s, RPGs were not the force that they are today. Final Fantasy wasn't the household name that we know today. It wasn't until Final Fantasy VII came to the West because back then RPGs just didn't hit. But when it finally hit, the game that did it was Final Fantasy. As we go through this series, um, we usually talk about a lot of things, but the most important thing we talk about is how we got in not only to this particular title, but the series itself. So Scott, uh, why don't you share with us, how did you get into Final Fantasy and how was your first experience with Final Fantasy VII? My first Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy 1. My uncle had it on his Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't great. I didn't like it. Um, and I'm not joking about that. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> so I like played it. But later on when I had a Super Nintendo, uh, I used to go to the rental store. And they had Final Fantasy 3, which is 6 in Japan. I think, right? Something like that. But anyway, yeah. they had Final Fantasy 3. I was like, oh, well, it's the only thing I could rent that time. Because there was nothing else in stock. So I was like, oh, I want to rent it. So I started playing. I was like, oh, hey, it's a lot better than that one I played. So I used to play that a lot, a mm-hmm. lot, a lot, a lot. I played that, and then so 7 was coming out, and it was a big deal. I remember it being a big deal. Mind you, at the time, I didn't even think, like, where 4, 5, and 6 were. But I was just like, oh, yeah, 7. And so there was a big article, and I think it was Game Pro or one of those magazines I used to get. And uh, the group I ran with in, in middle school, because it was a middle school when it came out, like, they all had it. And I didn't, because <laughs> living in rural Maine, I like I don't have access to a store. I literally drive like an hour to go to a store where I would have it. They were all talking about it, and I pretended like I had it. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." They're like, "Well, name the name the main character." I'm like, "It's Cloud." They're like, "Oh yeah." Well, name the villain. I'm like, "Sephiroth." He's like, "Okay, all right." So I was just going this little thing, but then eventually I got it for Christmas. But um. Yeah, it's it's oof, it's a great game. It really is. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's how I guess I got into it. Um, I've been a Final Fantasy fan since. Yeah, I know a lot of them aren't great, but I played. I think I played all of them, mm-hmm. and like I've enjoyed parts of them. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not they're not all horrible. 
Yeah. I get what people complain about. Mm-hmm. When it was for me, when it came to RPGs in general, I did. I wasn't interested in them, and I remember when I started getting into video games around, you know, I played the NES, uh, Super NES, my cousins had. I didn't have one. Uh, I had a Sega Genesis, uh, but I kind of knew what RPGs were, but I didn't know them by name. I just knew there was these games that I saw images in magazines, and they had numbers on them, so I thought, because I saw numbers, I was like, oh, you have to do math in this game? No way. I don't want to do math in a video game. I just assumed that you had to actually solve math problems because <laughs> I saw numbers. And when I was getting into, uh, I really got into video games. I never was not into video games, but when I like really got focused into them was PlayStation. And a lot of that had to do with my cousin and, and games like Resident Evil and then getting like super into Metal Gear. And then that's when I got into video game magazines. So friends from school, like, what's the, the you know, I knew about Electronic Gaming Monthly, but uh, some friends were like, oh, you need PSM Magazine and all this stuff. So I was subscribed to, like, PSM Magazine. I would buy some uh, tips and tricks, or I would buy, you know, Electronic Gaming Monthly. But I remember PSM Magazine would be one of the ones I'd, I'd get. And I'd read more and more and see all these RPGs, Final Fantasy, they constantly talk about Chrono Trigger, uh, you know, Wild Arms, all these different RPGs. And then that's when I found out, oh, okay, that's the RPGs is, or JRPGs were Japanese role-playing games. Because there was other role-playing games that were Western role-playing games um, that also, too, I just thought, oh, this is these are math games. Again, not knowing what they were. I just assumed because I saw numbers. Around that time, Final Fantasy VII came out, and I remember the most influential thing about Final Fantasy VII at that time was I remember seeing the trailer. I don't know if you encountered this, Scott, around that time, but you know they had trailers on TV. But I remember it was one of the first seeing a video game at a movie theater. They like played that at a movie theater. The trailer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, no. I, I remember seeing it and being like, what is this? You know, on the PlayStation 1, you know, it had this this whole thing. And I remember seeing it at a movie theater and being like, whoa, like that's how the game looks. And of course, it's the pre-rendered cutscenes. It's not the actual game. Yeah, of course. But that was, that was what I remember, right? But I didn't seek it out. But you would hear all this stuff in magazines where it's like, oh, greatest game. This is amazing. But then... Images were coming out hands-on with the Japanese version Final Fantasy VIII, right? And when they would compare it to Final Fantasy VII, man, the graphics of Final Fantasy VIII were, like, beautiful. And you're seeing these cutscenes that you're seeing, these little thumbnail screens on computers if you were able to download the video. And I was interested in Final Fantasy VIII. And again, I was not... I hadn't played an RPG at all at that time. Visually, it looked it looked interesting... I want to say I got the demo disc on the official PlayStation magazine would have demo discs and it would, uh, it would have demos and stuff like every month. And that was another magazine that I got. I was like, Oh, this gets demos and I can play these games. And I remember the month that Final Fantasy eight demo came on disc and I was really excited. Like, Oh man, I can't wait to play this. I can't wait to try this game out. It looks so cool. And I remember popping it in, playing the demo and being confused not knowing what the <laughs> fuck to do. I'm like, wait, 
You have to you have to tell it what to do and then it does the game for you? This is stupid. Why am I dying? What's going on? This is dumb. I hated it. I was like, this is garbage. All these RPGs, JRPGs are stupid. So I went to school the next day and I, I told one of uh, his name was Jaime and I told him in class like, yeah, I played that Final Fantasy VIII demo. That thing's stupid. And without missing a beat, he goes, dude, demos for JRPGs are dumb. They're not good. Yep. Don't play demos for RPGs because you don't. it doesn't really teach you how to play the game. It just throws all the information at you, and you're playing like a section that's like five or ten hours into the game. He's like, hey, play this. And I want to say this happened. I don't know if this changed in my mind because of getting older i could have sworn he was like play this he put his hand in his backpack and gave me final fantasy 7 either that happened scott or he brought it to me the next day i i would like to romanticize it and say he just pulled it out of his backpack (laughs) but i'm gonna be honest i don't remember but he he let me borrow final fantasy 7 and i want to say that he did have it in his backpack i want to say he gave it to me that day so he gives me final fantasy 7 and i remember rushing home and popping it in my PlayStation 1. And with the opening cinematic, Cloud getting off the train, and you encountering the Shinra soldier, and doing that first attack, and him dashing forward, swiping, it clicked. I was like, whoa, this is cool. Like, I understood. It wasn't until later... When I played 8, I'm like, oh, okay, this is how it's supposed to be played. It's supposed to introduce you, and it doesn't teach you by holding your hand, but it's like, okay, you see attack. The grid shows up. Attack, magic, items. You attack. You hit. I get it, but visually, how everything was, it just clicked. On the first attack, it clicked. I got it. I got why JRPGs were awesome. I got why people were calling this the most amazing game ever. I just... To that that day, I understood why this was important, why this was cool, and why people liked it. And from that day forward, going on, I understood what JRPGs were. I understood why they were amazing. And that was the beginning of me enjoying Japanese RPGs going forward. What's up, guys? Jesse and friends. This is Aaron Matsumoto. And I'm sure, just like many of you, Final Fantasy VII was your first Final Fantasy game, as well as mine, aside from Mystic Quest, but uh, we're not going to really talk about that. So, other than Final Fantasy Tactics, I'd say Final Fantasy VII was probably my top on the list, and I'm talking about the original. The remake's good and all, but, I mean, there are differences. Um, One big factor for me is the soundtrack. Oh my god, the original soundtrack banged. So my first experience with this game, dating back to San Diego Comic-Con, not sure what year, but the Sony PlayStation was first coming out in America. We're looking at other games like Jumping Flash, possibly Bushido Blade, can't really remember what else, but what stood out was Final Fantasy VII. You just see all these young adults and teens just scoured around that game, and... If you're lucky enough to play it, you got to experience the opening bombing mission. And let's be honest, 
That that is one hell of a way to start the game. My favorite thing about that game, besides the music, is going to have to be Midgar itself. Something about it just felt like home. I don't know if that sounds weird, but the music was cool, and the aesthetic of it was just phenomenal. I mean, it was like, I don't know, I, I when I was so young, I kind of looked at it as like, oh, it's kind of like L.A., even though, you know, now that I'm older, it's nothing like L.A., but, you know, some of it has similarities to, like, a modern city nowadays. Other than that, we're looking at Chocobo Racing, the Gold Saucer. Ooh, that's good stuff. Those are just my memories. Um, I kind of wish I could go back to Sector 7 after that got collapsed. Fortunately, in the remake, you can, but in the original, I even went as far as getting a Game Shark to see if I could, like, clip through the walls, because even though there was nothing you're going to get out of going there, it's just being there felt cool. To me, at least. You know, there'll forever be a gem in the Final Fantasy collection. Um, I'm looking forward to the second remake. Yeah. You know, it's like the first game that was really like a movie, like where you come in, you get this action sequence, you're going in, you're blowing up the reactor, and you got this like loud talking guy with a gun on his hand, and you're like, what in the hell is going on? Because it's like, it just starts that way. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like no background and like no anything. Like, you come in, you're with these group of terrorists, quote unquote terrorists, mm -hmm. um, and you're going in to blow this place up. And you get there and you're like, oh shit. So like, then you're, you go there and there's a timer. I was like, oh shit, it's a timer. Like, so now I'm trying to run out of the building, like, on time. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, and I, it's funny, because I've been was streaming it when I was playing it earlier. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys that commented, like, was like, because I kept going in and out of the door because of the controls, because I kept trying to go forward. Yeah. And, like, it, would, it was actually going in reverse because it was kind of weird. Mm -hmm. But it was just, like, this whole time. But even though, like, I know, like, the timer's, like, a lot of, like, Oh shit! I'm running out of time. Like I gotta stop <laughs> messing around. Like, yeah, I just remember getting elevated, and you had to talk to the people to open doors, and like, um, it was, it was really ahead of its time, to be honest. And like, I'm not just like blowing smoke, but it's like it really was. Playing it now, I'm like, damn, I get it. Like, I get why this was so good when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like even my uncle, who's a few years older than I am, because he and I used to game all the time. Mm -hmm. I had it, and I was like, dude, you have to come play this game, because he was big in RPGs, too. Yeah. And he got it, and then, like, so he's playing it, and, like, just, we talked back and forth, oh, you know, did you get this, did you do that? It was the first game I can remember doing that with, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where I was, like, excited to, like, share stuff with the story, and, like, mm -hmm. but, yeah, I just, that opening sequence, even now, I'm just like, oh, man, this is cool, like, coming in. And I'm glad they, they kept it in the Re 7 remake. Like, yeah. I know, like, that's a whole different thing, but... Like, I'm glad they had that same sequence. It was kind of cool, because, like, I show my kids and stuff. I'm like, oh, hey, this is what I played. And then I put that in and, like, show them. They're like, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, the graphics are great, but it's still the same opening. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's a little, obviously a little more advanced. But, but, like, even, like, the video coming in, Eris is a part of, like, the like opening sequence and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And like at the time, you didn't know she was of any importance. It was just a girl walking. And like then it comes into it and you're like, you run into her later on. In that moment, like you were talking about, that was, that's what hit was the introduction. Because yes. in past Final Fantasies, everything from 1 to 6, yep. and don't get me wrong, from 1 to 6, what they did in the 8-bit era to the 16-bit era, especially in Final Fantasy 6, they started getting more cinematic. Story, The story was getting much bigger. Uh, it was yep. being more more thoroughly like developed. You were getting characters, storylines, plot twists, things like that. And Final Fantasy, yep. when you even when you start from the beginning, you said, like, oh, I wasn't into it, you know? But it was the, the beginning yep. of something... Uh, going into the series and each one was different each one had a different story different characters and you were going from there and you know Final Fantasy 7 started off as a 16-bit game but then later shifted to the Nintendo 64 but then there was this concept of like how are they going to start doing this in 3D you know, how how are we going to do that this has to be more cinematic 3D is going to give us you know this whole new world but what made Square at the time being more of a Nintendo developer, even though they weren't first party, they were like a second party because they were only mostly making their games only for Nintendo. When it came to be that the Nintendo 64 was just going to be cartridge based, mm -hmm. Square was in a, a moment of like, well, here's this new technology that, you know, Sega, you know, with the Sega Saturn and the PlayStation are adopting discs, digital discs, which can carry more data and whatever what they can visualize can easily be made than cartridge-based, which was going to be more limited yeah. and also not enough memory for what they wanted to do. So that was a huge thing when they moved over to PlayStation. Like, it pissed off Nintendo to the point where Nintendo basically blacklisted them and banned... Not, I don't want to say banned them, but... Were pissed off Basically for a they did. good, yeah. yeah. They were pissed off for a good couple yeah, of years, <laughs> you know. Like yeah. they were mad, and but like, I think it, with how it is now, it benefited Square because they needed that huge transition into moving into something different, and it gave us what Final Fantasy VII was, and how cinematic it was. Because I don't want to say like. This is the first time Final Fantasy VII was cinematic. Because when you see that intro to Final Fantasy VI, like, that's a cinematic. Like, with what they did with 16-bit, you know, that was cinematic. They took the limitations of what they did, or what they had, what a 16-bit console can do, but still visually told the story and made it, like, larger than life, right? Yep. And they were still able to do that. But they, they reached a point to where we want to advance everything, so we need to go to this new platform which they did with the Sony PlayStation. And you're you're 100% right. Like, how it starts off seeing Eris, because she was called Eris in the original. Not Eris. She was, okay, yeah. You I, was, know? I saw when I played the remake of the, I played the <laughs> HD edition, and I'm like, this name don't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. they changed her name, I remember, in Kingdom Hearts. Because remember in the first yes. Kingdom Hearts, there was Final Fantasy characters yeah. and they were like Aerith. And I'm like, even I remember playing that when that came out. And I was like, wait, are they saying it wrong? I'm like, what? Yeah. What? And then you see the subtitles. You're like, that's not how it's spelled. So I don't know what's going on there. But I think they said it was a translation yeah. error originally, but I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway. You see what they weren't going to be able to do in, in the N64. The, the FMV pre-rendered visual cinematics 
going into the pre-rendered backgrounds with the little chibi cel-shaded characters and then when you went into combat it was a much better designed character visually you know not as not as a uh, chibi as as what you had seen in like either the overworld or just the world map yeah. and yeah it, it and not only that like the music by nubu matsu just all of that came together to just like it brought a lot of people in you know because sometimes that's audio. what it, yeah three D audio. audio that too yeah. for a lot of people yeah I mean I can't stress enough how important that was to bring in a lot of people into JRPGs even though they burned some bridges with Nintendo for a good couple of years or a good like maybe like about seven years right because I don't I think they got back to Nintendo during the GameCube during Crystal Chronicles GameCube yeah GameCube yeah, yeah, yeah. Chronicles I can't remember what I was doing, yeah burn those bridges but we got we got the series that we ended up getting today you're right scott like we're so used to regardless if it's a jrpg or or an action game or whatever a lot of games not every game but a good chunk of games are kind of hand-holding and like hey to do this hit the square button and this and that and like i don't know like seven just kind of throws you in there right you figure it yeah. out and it still has those moments of like hit this to do this like yeah but in a way, like yes, you're you're part of this terrorist group. You're blowing up this reactor. You know, you visually see Midgar, and that 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 thing too is like you visually saw the the camera pan Cut out, seats. and you see this yeah yes. visual of Midgar and how big it is, and you're like you're seeing these like factory. You're seeing the smoke, so you're vi there. It's visually telling you a story through yeah. its through through the cinematics. And, and it, you know, you understand, like, this is where you are. You might not know everything yet, but we're visually telling you, this is how grand this place is. And now we're going right back to show you where we're starting the game. But, uh, <laughs> like you were saying, the story, let's get into that. Playing back through it, and then I, I didn't get to finish it because I worked a lot. But I remember, like, playing it, and I was like, that thing I was talking about, I was like, oh, you know, it's just people going through, and you see the flower girl. And then it's like, oh, that's the girl from the beginning. And it was like, you run into her and you can buy a flower off her. And it was like, you just think, okay, it's just a person and move along. It was kind of this first time that like, you could like, they were putting a character in there who wasn't a main character. I mean, she, oh, she is, but it was not like from the beginning. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You don't so know. Kind of this, this person you kept interacting with, you didn't realize her importance until you find out she's one of these ancients. Um, later on but yeah it was like playing that and i just remember being in the story and it was just hours i'm like and i was just like oh shit you know it's been five hours like <laughs> you know it's like i've never i never had a game do that to me but mm -hmm. uh i've really i think they did great with character development mm -hmm. it's like everybody had a place and a purpose and it wasn't forced you know what i mean i want to talk about and if no one has played the game shut it off play to where this this part next part I'm gonna you'll know what i'm talking about but when Eris dies, yeah, like it was a crushing moment. Mm -hmm. A because I had built her up for experience points. I'm like, oh, she's a healer. I yeah. need this chick in my party. And then Sephiroth kills her. I wanted to ask what your thought on was that. Were you shocked about it? Like, because I was kind of like, oh damn, like, and it was a cutscene. It wasn't mm -hmm. like a cutscene. It wasn't like in the game. Yeah, you know what I mean. The moment when Eris dies, I had talked about this on, on a previous episode of the podcast. 
by the time I played seven, it was known that that she died. Uh, you know, it was it was it was a thing that um I knew was gonna happen, but it was still impactful because you still build that character. You still you know have these moments, and then at that time, you know, like the internet was the internet, but the internet is not what it was today, right? But there was always those theories like, no, there's ways to bring her back. Like, that probably yes. fucking happened. Oh, my God, yeah. That happened no, so much. Like, there was always that conversation. Yeah. Like, if you had that talk well, with someone. Down at this time, you've been like, dude, I remember that shit. I was like, nah. yeah. <laughs> She did. Yeah, and then like, well, what about these? My one friend tried to tell me that she came back at the end. Like, at the end. So, like, yeah. got to the end, I'm like, she never came back. Yeah. She never came back. But uh, it's still when it happened. I still rem- it's for a long time. I thought like, oh man, I didn't get the I didn't get the impact of her death like everyone else. But the more I think about it, I think I was still impacted because I still remember the day I beat that part. And so I maybe I didn't get the fool, you know, like oh man, I'm shocked kind of yeah. thing. I think like it still impacted me because you you it still builds the character. You still get to know who this character is go through this journey with her and just like you said she's the the healer basically in that in that team that when you realize she's gone she's gone and and it's not like oh we lost this character story continues the story does continue but from that going on forward of her death it's the impact of her death from everybody Barrett, Cloud, Tifa, you know, Yuffie, Vincent, all these characters, Sid, like, all their impact of losing her, you know, it's not something yeah. like, oh man, she died, we, we gotta, we gotta go fucking take care of Sifroth, and then she's done talked about, it's, it's felt throughout the rest of the game that she's gone. Yeah. So even though I didn't have that, like, oh, I didn't go, that was gonna happen kind of thing, uh, it was still, it's still impactful, right? It's still an impactful moment in games, yeah. you know? And and she's not the first character in a Final Fantasy oh, no. game to die, but I think because of how much it impacted the rest of the story, it stuck more, you know? Yeah, it, and it was a surprise for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was like, I, I wasn't expecting it. They really did a good job of like being intricate in the story, where it is like, Every character, too, had a backstory going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, Barrett with Marlene, his his daughter, quote-unquote. Adopted daughter, out, yeah. Adopted daughter, yeah. You come to find out that it's not his daughter. That it's a guy that this they were doing a raid or something with. And the guy that he thought he died. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, here, I want you to take care of my daughter for me. So Barrett adopted this girl. And Tifa and Barrett are taken together. I thought they were like a couple of they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, I think it's in the Gold Saucer. It's been a while. But I think it's in the Gold Saucer. You meet back up with that guy because you meet another guy with another gun arm, like like Barrett has. And so it's um, it's this dude. And so you talk to him. Oh, it's outside of the Gold Saucer. That's right. It's outside mm-hmm. of the Gold Saucer. Yeah. And you meet with him and you talk with him and he's like, "Look, you know, I." He's like, how's he's like, Marlene's still alive, you know. He's like, she's good. Like, and then the guy's like, I can't go on. And he's like, here, take this. And then he jumps off a cliff and kills himself. Yeah. And you're like, remember that? Holy shit, dude! Like, that was crazy. And then, yeah. And then going back to Marlene, like during the second, I think it's the second or third reactor, um, Shinra sets you up. 
this is the big twist, one of the first big twists, is they set you up and blow it up themselves. Mm-hmm. But they use like an insane amount of like stuff, so it like collapses like an entire section of the slums. You fall, like so Cloud falls. I say you because you're a main character's cloud. Yeah. You fall and they think you're dead. Um, Barry and them go back and this whole area and he's like, oh my God, Marlene's dead. She's dead. She's dead. Um, they left Eris there with Marlene. So they assume she's dead. Going forward, they find out that she's still alive and stuff like that. And I was just like, damn, man. Like, they're fucking not pulling any punches. Like, it's it was really good just how it progressed with everything. And then you got Sephiroth. And what I liked about how they did Sephiroth is that, like, they talked about him in the beginning. Yeah. And the whole time, because, like, everybody, Cloud, we, Cloud thought he was dead because he stabbed him. Yeah. Um, so he's, like, talking about him. He's like, yeah, I wanted to be, like, the Severhoth. And like, then I found out that basically he's a fucking douche and, like, I don't want to be like him. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm, like, summing stuff up here. But um, just this whole, like, thing. And it's just, I was listening to the thing again. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to play this game. Like, yeah. I also like that you could miss characters. Okay, so you could miss characters you had at your party, like Vincent and Yuffie. Yeah. And I didn't realize the background on Vincent's freaking sad, man. Like, yeah, he dude. Was in love with the, he was in love with this woman uh-huh. who rejected him, right? And so she ended up going with this Hojo guy. Uh-huh. The Hojo guys who the one trying to make Cloud and, and uh, Zack into into these well, Sephiroths. Basically, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. And, uh, he's in love with him and so like or in love with her and then so he goes um he finds out about this and he's against it and hojo kills him like you know so he kills him and then he starts doing experience experiments on him so that's how he becomes this freaking vampire thing beast thing and like i remember like my uncle was playing it and so the guy vincent basically encased himself in this tomb like, because he didn't want to be there anymore because he found out when he came back to life because this dude was doing experiments on him that the woman had died and that this Hojo guy had killed like killed her. And so he was, like, on a fucking rampage, basically, once he woke back up. So I remember, like, my uncle had him in his party and I'm like, who's, who's that guy? Yeah, yeah. I didn't have him. I was way past Nibelheim or whatever. Uh-huh. And I'm like, he's like, oh, that's Vincent. I found him in this tomb or whatever. I'm like, what? So I, like, had to go back, of course, start a new game. <laughs> go back and get him but he's my favorite character he just because he's awesome like you know, when he turns into the beast or whatever for his limit break or whatever mm-hmm. oh man but anyway he's, he basically joins Cloud because he's going after Hojo and Sephiroth yeah so it's it's a whole thing it's it's good man then you find Yuffie by random yeah walking around in like the fucking woods and she steals like, your material honest. yeah yeah and then you didn't I didn't know so I kept chasing her but um yeah, man, it's I just can't get over that game. It's I start playing. It. I'm like, and now I see what people, and people hate on it a lot too because they're like, "Well, everybody just really likes it because it's like popular." I'm like, "No, it's got a goddamn good story. Like, it's yeah. really an intricate story for a game that was made in the late '90s." Oh hell yeah! Like, it's got a great story to it. It's it's an so. awesome story, and like I understand what people say when they go like, "Oh, people just like it because it's popular." It's like. I'm yeah. like, I get what you're saying, but you don't know the importance. Like, that's what I, I like. Yes, it, it's exactly, like, you, yes. you don't know that, like, okay, maybe this isn't your f- favorite Final Fantasy, right? Maybe you went back, played the originals, and you're like, I like six better, you know? Like, that's cool. But what makes seven so popular is because it, yeah, it was the most, you're not wrong. It was the most popular one because it's the one that a lot of people started yeah. with. Yeah. 
a lot of people cut their teeth with seven was their first JRPG. I'm one of those people, right? Yeah. And, and that's, that was the importance of that series of that game. And it's easy to hate on it. You know, uh, it's, it's without jumping too forward ahead. A lot, it could get oversaturated and stuff. It could be talked yeah. about, uh, to exhaustion, but there's a reason why certain things get talked about so much because of the importance of them. And seven is that important game for RPGs, for JRPGs. Going back to the Vincent thing, correct me if I'm wrong. The woman that Vincent was in love with was Sephiroth's mother who technically gave birth to yes. to Vincent. Yes, Hojo. Hojo's the dad too, but they injected Genova cells, right? Yes. So, yeah. So what happened is Hojo had, had hooked up with this woman that Vincent was in love with. Mm-hmm. That was Sephiroth's father. Yeah. But he injected the baby, Sephiroth, as a baby with the Genova stuff. Yeah, Genova yeah, cells. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I was just. I remember that. I was pretty sure, but I was like, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> no. And that's no, why yeah. he was flipped out because he like she had died and like then he was like doing experiments on kids. And, mm-hmm. You know, like all this shit and like it's just crazy. of Sephiroth and you brought it up that he's like I think for the first 10 hours you don't see him at all he's just just he's talked about you see the remnants of what he leaves behind you know Uh, like especially that part where you go in the field where there's that giant snake that you need a chocobo to cross and when you finally cross it you're like whoa Sephiroth took, took care of this and it's another snake that he impales on this giant fucking wooden sphere thing. Yeah. So you, you it, it grows that character as the story progresses. And then we find out everything about Sephiroth, how he's the first class soldier, how he's this most talked about soldier in the Shinra army. We find out that he loses his mind when he finds out that he's was experimented on, that he was made that he was in, injected with g- these Genova cells that basically kind of twist his mind and he finds where Genova's being kept, where quote-unquote his mother is, and just decides to end the world with an asteroid coming to Earth. Yeah. Which is, like, pretty fucked up and crazy. And he becomes... Sephiroth is probably one of the biggest villains... In gaming if, history, if, yeah, yep, and and to the point where, when he shows up as a playable character in Smash, 
I have never been so awestruck by an announcement. Like how they introduce him was as impactful as it was when I was a kid seeing him for the first time. Seeing who this god of a human, a god of a person this that he was. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and, and oh, important. That's right. What's up? No, go ahead. Sorry. About something about the, the Sephiroth Vincent thing. Uh huh. That's right. Vincent was charged with guarding his mom. Oh. And she, he fell in love with her at that time. Oh. This okay. was before he she had Sephiroth. That's mm-hmm. what it was. I could, I knew there was some reason that, like, besides just falling in love with her, yeah. but he guarded her this whole time, and then like they fell in love and did this thing. But sorry, <laughs> go ahead. I'm, I'm checking yeah. something because I forgot about one thing. So, yeah. But. We can keep talking about like a lot of what the story is and how it goes but i think one of the the important messages in the game itself is the environmental part of the story of how this giant corporation shinra is taking the essence of of what earth the earth is and like diminishing it to it just to get to make mako mako energy they're they're taking resources from earth that's slowly dying you know and it it just shows how like a giant corporation doesn't care about lasting effects but just constantly profits off of the earth itself and that's why avalanche you know barrett tifa biggs wedge jesse all make this part of this avalanche group to take out shinra hire cloud as an ex-soldier to help them out yeah no man i I think a lot no i don't i think non- fans of seven or even like rpgs forget of how important that environmental message is in that game yeah i mean did you want to explain the important not the importance but the the pretty crazy twist that comes to with cloud because when we get introduced to cloud in the beginning he's like this he's like this badass you know keeps to himself very short spoken you know very kind of a pretty much a dick you know uh, yeah. Cool soldier, ex-soldier. You know, hey, look, ex-soldier with a with this big ass sword. Slowly, we start learning about him. We start learning about his connection with Tifa when they were kids. How he lives in Nib- Nibelheim, and you know this tragedy that happened with him and Sephiroth. And as you're going through the game, you learn more and more about this character. And then there's this crazy twist. What was that, Scott? Uh, he wasn't a soldier. What do you mean? Uh, he wasn't a soldier. He was experimented on, but he wasn't a soldier. So there's a cutscene or a cutscene or a back scene where Sephiroth goes with Cloud, and Cloud disguises himself to hide from Tifa because he didn't make it as a soldier. Yeah. So he's only got the Mako eyes, which they call the Mako eyes. That means you remember a soldier is because Ho- the, the Hojo and um, yeah, it's just Hojo and whoever else Shinra experimented on them trying to make another Sephiroth. So him and this Zack guy. But Zack was a soldier. Mm-hmm. And they said it didn't, Zack didn't take because he was already infused with the energy, the Mako energy. So that's why it took with, with Cloud. His sword is Zack's sword. Um, and Zack is this guy that like served with Cloud. And they did missions together, basically. And correct me if I'm wrong. It's It's been a while. but um, And they... He dies. He gets shot and killed, basically, in this one town. Yeah, protecting uh, so, Cloud. Yeah, pr- protecting Cloud. So Cloud picks up his sword 
and is going to avenge, avenge him, basically. So Because of the Mako poisoning and everything like that, he kind of... He forgets about Zack, but thinks he is... Not that, like, oh, I'm Zack now, he but, he like... He Zack. But yes. he thinks he's... Oh, no, he was this sol- number one. He was a soldier. He was he this was guy with this sword, everything. And, and then halfway through the game, he realizes, no, everything's a lie. Am I real? Are you real? It starts piecing together where he goes, like, wait a minute. I'm not this person. Who is this person? Because... We knew from flashbacks where he talks about the story of everything that happened with Sephiroth and he's in the story. But then later when yeah. they finally reveal the photo that they end up taking because Tifa was there and she kind of... And yeah. even there's clues through where she doesn't remember what he's talking about sometimes. She questions what yeah. he's talking about. But you as a player, you as the player just kind of don't really notice it. But she does notice like, wait, I don't remember that. What are you talking about? But it's so kind of pushed off to the side that you don't really notice that until you kind of pay attention later on like oh she she even doesn't remember what he's talking about when there was that picture that was taken when he finally sees the picture there's someone else there there's a black haired spiky black haired character and then that's how we find out about Zack that's how we find out that he thought he was him but kind of replaced himself with a Zack and and the whole thing that ended up happening at Nibelheim and Sephiroth goes on a rampage and basically burns the village down in yeah. his anger of finding out where he really came from. Yeah, and he's basically on a warpath to get Genova. Yeah. That's where he's after. And then and that... you chase him through the mountains. Like, yeah. um, I'm trying not to go on a tangent. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then that's how, uh, that's how like, the whole summoning of the meteor coming to Earth, going to collide to Earth, basically wiping out everything on Earth. Shinra basically taking all the Mako energy from the earth and the earth kind of trying to defend itself at its last moment and raising these kind of kaiju monsters to defend the planet. So not only do you have that, these weapons, yeah, these weapons to protect the earth from everything that's happening. Not only is the earth dying, not only do you have to take care of these monsters, but then there's an ass, there's a meteor coming to earth to destroy it. So, and then your kind of girlfriend dies, Aerith? And you're having a, a, a social anxiety crisis of not knowing who you are and what the fuck is going on. That that shit as a kid was like, it's not until you get older, because I think a lot of that flew over my fucking head. Yeah, always. You know? Oh, I, I agree. Yeah. And it wasn't it I'm wasn't until later. Holy shit. It wasn't until later where you go like, holy shit. This is fucking crazy. This is life. That's insane. You know, yeah, maybe you're not dealing with kaijus or a meteor hitting the planet, but we kind of deal with certain things that are kind of destructive in our day-to-day lives at every moment. Yeah. Just visually speaking, it's it's it to that extent, maybe, you know. Um, it's a whole lot of severe depression is what he's dealing <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, oh, like... Shit, I get it, bro. Yeah. Just with all that, it's, it's a story that has so many layers, but can have so many different meanings. For anybody, really. You can take it in any way, but I think it's environmental message. It's men- it's message basically about mental health, too. Uh, about oh, yeah. acceptance and a lot of things. It's just something that nowadays you're getting more focus on, on a lot of different things in games when it's in storytelling. And there was a lot of things focused on even early Final Fantasy games, too. But I think for this being a lot of people's introduction, for this being a lot of people's first time... I, I think it, it, it is that's what makes it important for a lot of people is, is just the message and the storytelling that it has and 
And a lot of that could have come, could have failed. It could have failed and just crumbled in on itself if it wasn't honestly for the characters. If it wasn't for the characters that you build, how the story progresses, everything from the music, the visuals, the artwork, all that stuff, storytelling, it all could have collapsed on itself, but they did such a, such an amazing job kind of bringing everything together that that's why this series lasts as long as it does. This is why it's so cherished is because of how all that stuff just worked. It's a great story. It's a great, great game. And I think if you haven't played it in years, like you should go back and play it and just realize how in-depth it is. Because I can tell you just us talking about it's not doing it justice. Like, yeah. But it's just you experience that stuff. Even though I knew it was going to happen, I'm still sitting here playing. I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot about this. I forgot about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my God. And then we're talking about the main story. Mm-hmm. You can go off on side tangents and side quests. It's oh, like yeah. The first few games that had side quests where mm-hmm. you can do shit for people, other people. Mm-hmm. You know, like doing the squats game and stuff like that. Or dressing so, up, going to the Don's place, yeah. you know. <laughs> Dude, I remember, uh, I mean, we'll get to this later, but I just, I remember so many people when the remake was talked about since, like, PS3 and shit, people were like, there's yeah. no way they're going to be able to do that Don Cornell thing, what? they're not going to dress up Cloud, and, okay, spoiler alert, you fucking do that shit in the in the remake, so, they did it, they're yeah, like, no, it's too- That was, like, one of the, the craziest parts of the game, it was just yeah. like, I remember it was like, oh my god, playing as a girl. <laughs> yeah. The girl, yeah. You're going you're gonna to do, it's too goofy, they're not going to be able to do it, they did yeah. it. They did it, and it worked. An important part of the story. <laughs> You're saving Tifa, like, you know? Going into the the combat and everything, how did you feel about combat in the game and the materia system? Oh, I loved it. I love the materia system, and I am so glad Final Fantasy XIV uses it because I love the materia system. Wait, they have that in it the is, online thing? Yeah, in the online, you use materia in your gear to boost your stats. Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't. I don't play the online yes. one. Shit. Yeah, so uh, you unlock materia and you put it in your gear to boost your stats to do more damage or healing or tanking or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they went to the use materia system. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool, like, again, that being like my first thing. It, I remember a friend telling me, and to me, this is true in every, at, at that time, like every Final Fantasy. It's like by the time you get the hang of any mechanic in a in a Final Fantasy or in an RPG, whatever their leveling system is, whether it's Materia from Final Fantasy VII, the Junction um, system in Final Fantasy VIII, the Sphere Grid in Final Fantasy X, I, and to me, this sticks true to me. Maybe more people will get it faster than I ever did, but a buddy told me, you will not understand this till close to the end, and when you figure it out, then you'll be like, oh, yeah. this is how it works. And every yeah. Final Fantasy has always been like that. Like, I'll, it'll click for me at the end. But I'll still have then, a great... By t- then you're so far in, you're like, shit. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I could have done this or done that. Yeah. But, like, I think out of all of them, I think the Materia system is the most uh, friendly, unique, but so varied yes. in ways where you can just do so many things. Like, And especially, I think that was important for someone getting into it. But if you really knew RPGs, you're like, oh, I could take advantage of this of having, like 
co the cover system. So Cloud's going to be the most strong one. So I'm going to have a cover system on him. So I'm just going to make, you know, Aerith. Basically, she's the most important one to be the healer of the group. And, oh, I'm going to put this material on this material. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I remember figuring shit out. Like, wait a minute. So the stars fill up when I level them up. So that means it gets stronger. Like, I, I was so new to it that, like, yeah. it got, like, oh, okay, I get it now. Or how combat works or using the phoenix downs or oh man what what's this sleeping what how do i get out of it and it's it just i don't know there's just so much stuff it's so varied but it, it's like the combat your basic turn-based combat is um i felt like it was a great way to kind of learn it you know great way to kind yeah, of uh, combat uh, in the game is, is yeah. great so good yeah it, it wasn't really like it wasn't turn-based it was the start of that action type because oh active I mean, time yes, battle it was turn-based yeah mm -hmm. because it was turn-based right yeah it was my turn but the other people could attack me at the same time because mm -hmm. it was kind of like before you kind of just like you everybody took their turn and then you the other team took their turn you know mm -hmm. what i mean like mm -hmm. it's kind of what I, I think anyway it's been a long time since i played three but um i think that was really the first kind of introduction of that where it was like I was like, because I was doing it here, I'm like, oh shit, they didn't attack me. I forgot. Like, you know, I'm used to where it would just be like, you could wait. And you can turn into that. You can turn it to where, in the options, at least on the HD remaster or whatever it is, they um, you can turn that back on. So, like, you can take turns. Yeah. So they won't attack you while the gauge is up or whatever. You could do, like, the active time battle, too, right? So there was two options. You can do one where. I it, think so, yeah. It, it pauses it where, like, okay, it won't. You go and then you, yes. and then they'll go, but then you can do the, forget if it's called the active time battle, where it's yes. like, no, it, if you're yeah. going to pause, he ain't waiting for you. He's going to keep fucking attacking yeah. you until you do something. With Final Fantasy VII, it being a first of many things, um, this was going to be the first time that the usual key artist, Yoshitaka Amano, like his artwork from the first Final Fantasy VII all the way to Final Fantasy VI, we got... Now the man beloved by many Kingdom Hearts fans and Final Fantasy fans. This was the first time we got Tetsuya Nomura drawing the artwork for Final Fantasy VII. You know, it wasn't your usual artist that we got accustomed to. What would you think of uh, Tetsuya Nomura's art? Because it was a different, it was more of a take on anime kind of look, you know, compared to uh, yeah. How, yeah, how it originally was. No, it was really cool. And like, I, I don't think at that time I appreciated that stuff as much as I do now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like when I was younger, I was like, whatever, let's give me a game, let's play. <laughs> um, and the music too, like the music is just mm -hmm. beautiful. Like it's so well done. Like it's always, Final Fantasy always had good music. But, Wait, um, Nobuo Machu? Seven is like, yeah. yeah. Going from that, going from like CD quality audio, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think one of the biggest tracks that everyone loves is One Winged Angel that moment yep. you hear it like that is like i mean we can keep gushing about the the soundtrack yeah. itself but i think one wing angel is like everyone i think it's the one i don't know i personally i don't i think everyone when you go final like it's so unique and everyone knows what that's from that like again i'm bringing up that smash reveal as sephiroth was that new yeah. character for smash was when you heard that sound i remember yeah. being dude i remember being at work Right, just watching this. The I think it was when it got announced. It was at the Game Awards, if I remember correctly. And they're like, Sounds "Oh, Smash right. reveal." Oh, yeah, like There's a Smash reveal, and then you see like 
Sephiroth just fucking, you don't even know it's him. He just chops the whatever that thing from Smash was. And when that song plays and you see it's him, I just remember running up to another co-worker who was a fan of Final Fantasy. I'm like, it's Sephiroth. It's Sephiroth, the next character. He's like, bullshit. <laughs> he just started yelling, bullshit, you know? And then he watches the trailer and he's just like, holy shit, you know? That was, I think that was like the best Smash reveal. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm a fucking huge Metal Gear fan, and it was awesome that Snake was announced for Brawl, but I think Sephiroth was the most badass one. Just came out of nowhere. Yeah, he's he's one of those characters that, like, he's just known throughout everything, whether you play Final Fantasy or not. He's just so popular. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I remember that big reveal, and I don't I don't play Smash, but I want to, because <laughs> of that reason. Yeah. Um, but I still haven't. But, yeah, it's... Uh, I remember just anything. He was in, he's been in a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't he in a, another fighting game too? He um, was in a, Smash. Uh, Air Guys. Air Guys King of There Earth. we go. That's what it was. Yeah. Yes. It was like a Final Fantasy fighting game. They had that now. And they okay. Had, um, it, uh, yes. It Sorry. It, yo. Yes. You're right. <laughs> yes and no. Uh, <laughs> it's God bless the ring. Air Guys. Um, it was from SquareSoft. Uh, yes, but I mean, don't get me wrong. You're not wrong because they heavily advertised Cloud, <laughs> Sephiroth, you know? Yeah. So it's basically everyone was just like, it's a Final Fantasy fighting game. But it's like they threw in those characters and that sold yeah. so many copies. I still have sold, my yeah, copy. I, oh, really? Dude, I still have it. I'm holding it right now in my hands. I remember like, dude, I got this. <laughs> I got this back from my cousin. Like I was like, here, you can. I don't know if I told him he could have it. I think I was just like, here, you can yeah. you can play it. And he just had it. He didn't live here. And then I remember, like, I was like, I kind of want it back. He's like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it back. He's like, all right. And it's like the biggest. It's like, it's so much money for this fucking game. It's okay. I like it. You know, it's not great. But I think what sells yeah. it is probably. Yeah, because you could be. Like some kind of Diablo style game attached to it, too, you could play. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is a Diablo style. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was, it was okay. Yeah. It was all right. Yeah, yeah you could be. Great. It was not good at all. <laughs> you could be like Cloud. Sephiroth, Tifa, or Vincent, or Red Thir- or a version of Red Thirteen. I don't think it's Red Thirteen. It's like it's Red Thirteen, but it's not. I forgot what the fuck that was. I don't know, but like, yeah, I remember that. Vincent's there, Tifa's there. Yeah, that was a huge thing, man. That's crazy. I mean, it's a good topic to go into that. Like the lasting effect of Final Fantasy VII. We're seeing that like even more now. But remember the next piece of media that we got that was Final Fantasy VII. The movie or yep, the, Final yeah. Fantasy yeah, Seven Advent Children. Advent Children. Yep. Remember when that came out? Remember, remember yeah, how yeah. how that came out, dude. I remember like it was out in Japan. When is it coming to America? I don't know. And a lot of people, a lot of people don't remember, or a lot of people don't ha- never get to deal with this type of stuff. But remember, anything from anime to anything from Japan, for us to get it yeah. here, either yes. took months or years so it was like when are they going to bring Final Fantasy 7 over here like our Advent Children because if you're a fan of Final Fantasy 7 you wanted anything that continued Final Fantasy and this was something that was continuing that story it wasn't a game but it was like a movie you know because yeah. you know Square did their Spirits Within which nearly tanked the company and then they're like hey we're going to do yeah. another CG movie and <laughs> you're like oh but they're like, it's Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. People are like, what the fuck? And I'm here to tell you, 
it's not the greatest thing, but for the time, for the time, you're like, I want anything to advance these characters because I I love these characters. Yeah. When when were you able to watch it? Do you remember? Uh, so I had. <laughs> hope the FBI is not listening. I had a bootleg <laughs> copy from a friend. I still talk to him every day. We play Final Fantasy together, fourteen together. Nice. Um, I went to high school with him. He was the one who was like, he and I used to hang all the time and talk about RPGs with the other nerds. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he got me a copy. I happened to see him, and he's. I was working at Walmart at the time, and he's like, "Hey," he's like, "I got a copy of this freaking." This Advent Children. I'm like, what's that? I didn't even hear about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I was like, Final Fantasy VII movie. I'm like, whoa. Then I get home. It's in Japanese, and it's like a really poor copy of the movie. But I'm still pretty stoked about it. So I've been watching it for like a couple of years before it came out. And it was just like, then it came out, and everybody's like, oh, you seen this? I'm like, yeah, I saw like two years ago. I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I got an arrogant ass. But yeah, it took forever to come out over here, and it was mm-hmm. like. Always rumored to be like, oh, it's coming out next year. Oh, it's yeah. coming out next year. Oh, it's coming out next year. I remember that. I remember they're like, oh, the blue, the DVD, not even Blu-ray. It was like the DVD's out next month, and I would go to like a Best Buy or like a Suncoast and be like, yeah, Final Fantasy VII Evan Children. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And they look up like yeah. release date. They're like, there's nothing on here. It's like, well, I read in a magazine that it was probably gonna be this month. You know, like it was such yeah. a a a yeah, it was weird. But uh, same thing, dude. I saw it two years before it officially came out. And it was yeah. such a weird thing. Like, here, here's the thing. Like, <clears throat> yes, the the internet was well known by that time, and a lot of people would download it. But remember, like, at that time, downloading a song took a day. You know, oh, and if people had yeah. like better computers, you can download two or or maybe five songs a day. You know, shareware, malware, uh, sharebear, whatever the fucking Napster, right? LimeWire. LimeWire. Like, there was all yeah. this stuff. So, I didn't have the means to download a song, not alone a fucking movie. movie so, I didn't yeah. I didn't have that, right? So, it was a weird... This was a weird thing, man. It was like, I go visit my cousin, uh, family. I would go to TJ and visit my cousin and my family and everybody. And we're just hanging out. And he just brings up like, yeah, hey, I have this movie. Oh yeah, he's just like yeah. My friends let me borrow it. It's this CG movie. It's like I don't know. It's a, it's based on a video game, and I just stop and I look at him. I go, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, and he goes, yeah. He didn't know shit about it, and I was like, go fucking get it, get it. I need to watch it, and I watched it at my cousin's house, and I'm just like, oh my god, I'm watching it, and he just sees how like freaking excited i get and he just looks at me like what the fuck is wrong with you you know but at that time that was like the dude yeah. this just came out in japan i can't i don't know when it's coming out here and it was the same thing i don't even think it had subtitles i'm pre- i'm 100 sure it didn't have anything i just yeah. fucking pieced it together i didn't give a shit yeah and i'm watching it at his house or i think it was at my other cousin's house and just like oh my god i can't believe I'm fucking like I was nervous. I was like excited. Like yeah. my heart was pumping because it's like you want to watch this because you 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 just want to see what's happening, and like it was the most amazing thing because it was fun. You're watching something that, I mean, at that time I think a good chunk of people watched it. You know who like were invested in trying to find to watch it. Yeah, I just remember watching it that way, and it was so crazy. And, and at that time, like we would go visit my cousin like probably every month or whatever. And so I think I asked him, like, can I borrow this to make a copy? He's like, yeah, sure. I 
took it, had a friend who had a DVD burner, burned it. He burned a copy for himself. He burned a copy for my other friend who didn't give a shit. I think Beto got a copy. He didn't even fucking care about Final Fantasy, if I'm correct. He just burned it because it was like, hey, here's this thing that no one has. Yeah. Let's just burn fucking copies. And I yeah. gave it back to my cousin, like, here you go. And like, yeah, I had it. I had. I don't know where the copy is. It's probably somewhere. But like, yeah, it was. It was like, this is just amazing to have. And like, it's not great, right? And then they came out yeah. later, later with like a director's cut. Like when it finally came out on DVD, I bought that. And it was like the director's yeah, yeah. cut with added footage that made it a little bit better, but it's not great. But at that time, you're just like, I just need whatever Final Fantasy, you know? But yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's not great, but you were like just thirsting for anything Final Super Fantasy, you know? that time there was the final fantasy 3 or final fantasy 7 ps3 build just the reimagining and people were like oh my god is this a remake of final fantasy 7 and they're like no we're just testing out we're showing you what the ps3 can do calm calm your tits you know yeah and like every time are you gonna do a remake are you gonna do a remake and square would constantly just be like hey we don't we don't have any plans to do it we don't have any plans to do it until 2014-15 when they had that teaser that the Final Fantasy VII Remake was coming out. But do you remember the year before that announcement? Uh, when they trolled everybody and they're like, you can finally play Final Fantasy VII on your PlayStation 4, which was just regular Final Fantasy VII. And they teased it like it was the remake and everyone's like, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. And then the next year it's like, we're doing it. Final Fantasy VII Remake, and it's like, ah, oh! everyone's freaking out and losing their minds. But then it just get kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, and then you hear that. Yeah. I think it's Cyber Connect. They got kicked off. Now it's being made in-house, and now it's going to take longer, and we finally get Final Fantasy VII Remake for the PlayStation 4. Scott, what was your feeling on the remake, the first part of Final Fantasy VII Remake? Because the most interesting thing is, it's not the whole game, it's a part of the game. What's your feeling on Final yeah. Fantasy VII Remake? I liked it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I really enjoyed it. And I think I liked... I don't want to go into because it's still kind of a recent game. But, like, I liked that it didn't follow the storyline that much yeah like it i i really enjoyed that to be honest like i i like that about the walking dead also like i well up to a certain point mm -hmm. ridiculous, but like i like that i didn't know what was going to happen you know what i mean like I, it's the same characters the same general story but it's you know i, was just, it, I liked it and like i want to play through it again yeah. actually my plan was to play seven and seven remake but it didn't happen mm -hmm. but um i've i beat it and like i really enjoyed it and like i know it's been shit on a lot but i don't 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting old, so I don't really care as much. But it was just like I still enjoyed it. It was still Final Fantasy VII. It was just different, and like I felt more immersed, you know, because of the technology now. It was cool to be like instead of the top-down view where you're like in in the slums, like you know, you're living that life, like going seeing stuff, like you know. I liked it. Like I know, I know a lot of people didn't, and I just I. Mm-hmm. I think from the beginning when they announced it, I was expecting it not to be Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Like, that's what I figured. I figured it was like kind of a reimagining type of deal. What was your thoughts on it? And I know you did a segment on it, and I never got to listen to it, Mm -hmm. but um, I'm curious to see what you think or what you thought. I liked it. I liked what they did with the story. I enjoyed what they did. Um, It's a play on words when it's Final Fantasy VII Remake. Because really, you're not playing a remake, I feel, of Final Fantasy VII. You're playing the sequel to Final Fantasy VII. Because what it seems like and what a lot of people are agreeing to is that Sephiroth is coming back to fix what what happened in the original game. Because he loses. But this is another version of Sephiroth, if I believe correctly what people have been talking about. That knows he loses, so he's trying to change the outcome. So that's why when you're playing through that game, the wisps, the little like ghost figures, yep. are basically the fans trying to keep the original storyline going and trying to stop things that change the outcome of certain things, but basically fail at the end to stop it changing. And where the game yeah. ends at the at the ending of Final Fantasy VII Remake is kind of going, okay, we couldn't fix this. We couldn't keep it going the same way it does. So now you're going into uncharted territory. This will probably yeah. this is still going to lead to what you're familiar with, but things are going to change. And yeah. I think for me, I like that. And I could understand hearing a lot of developer interviews uh, director interviews, people working on it, a lot of people like Tetsuya Nomura and stuff like that. You have a lot of these, uh, after this left CyberConnect's hands, you have a lot of these creators, these developers that are now big names, like Tetsuya Nomura, who just blew up after the Kingdom Hearts series. You know, people love it. Love it or hate it, people love it, right? Yeah. And he's just this big name now when it comes to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts. And he was, there was an interview of him saying that like they don't want to do the same thing they've done. Like, yes, people want this remake, but as a creator, you don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yes, you you, yep. you you'll be, can make it better and you can make it great, but I could see it on a creator side where it's like, I don't want to do the same thing but nice looking. I want to do something different. And I know this isn't the game that people wanted. And I could understand yeah. the weight that it comes with because everybody who saw that PS3 demo of Final Fantasy VII and wanted that remake has wanted a, a straight remake of the original, right? But yeah. what we're getting is like a more fleshed out beginning. This first part of remake all happens in Midgar. So you're seeing yeah. more of it. You're seeing more characters, more character interactions with Biggs, Wedge, Jesse. You're seeing more things kind of get fleshed out, more different characters coming in. And I, dude, I, I get it. I get people going, this is not what I wanted. I get it. I 100% get it. But I think I also fall in that part where it's like, well, I also want to try something new. I also want to do something different. 
Because you could go into this where, let's say they did make the remake, right? That people wanted. Yeah. But they're like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna add more to Don Corneo, we're gonna add more to this, and we're gonna add more uh, Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse, right? You can have people who are like, no, 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 no. I don't want those extra things. Or yes, I want those extra things. We could have had a a remake with added extra stuff, and everyone would be happy. I kind of like this. I kind of like the change. I like the idea of Sephiroth coming in earlier, and this is a guy yeah. who's trying to fuck with Cloud more. We don't, we still don't know how everything's gonna come out. You know the outcome of this. We still don't know how the announcement of part two being rebirth is going to turn out. And now we officially know now that it's going to be a three parter. We all assumed that, Hey, it's probably going to be three parts. Cause there was three parts to the disc. We didn't know. We we're just guessing. Right. But now we officially know that it's going to be three parts and they're going to be done with the three parts. But I, I liked it. I liked the idea of messing with the timeline. I like the idea of this is yeah. a Sephiroth that knows what's going to happen. And I also like the idea, and maybe this won't turn out the way we're talking about, but I like the idea that Aerith knows she's going to die, but yeah. knows that this is going to have to be what happens. And you brought up the conversation earlier that you think that Aerith is going to live. And yeah. I I don't think that's going to happen. What I, feel, so? what I feel is going to happen, to be honest, is I think they're giving us false hope. I think we're having false hope that, like, we're finally... Aerith is going to live. We're finally... She knows she's going to die. She's going to try to prevent it. Aerith's death... Aeris, Aerith, however you want to say it. Her death is integral to it. And it has to happen. And I think what we're going to get is we're going to get a fake out. We're going to get the moment yeah. where we think that, yes, we're going to save her and everything's going to be fine. And I think, dude, to, to just shove the, the the dagger through everyone's heart is we're gonna have the moment where cloud knows that he could he's gonna try to save her and we're gonna have a moment where she is saved maybe we're gonna have that moment where like she's okay he's he stopped it he stopped it he's gonna save her and she's gonna stop it there's gonna be a moment in time it's gonna be the only moment she has and she's gonna stop and tell him like no this has to it happen, has to happen. Yeah. this has she's gonna tell him like it has to happen because the only way for me to summon holy is for me to die. This is the only way to save Earth. Yeah. Because we're going to come to find out, and this is my feeling, is that the ending of the original Final Fantasy VII, we see that moment where Aerith summons holy that's protecting the Earth from the meteor. That last yeah. moment where everyone, like, okay, this is the end. You know, we, we defeated Sephiroth, but meteor's not stopping. It's still going to hit Earth. We, we didn't do it in time. And there's that final hope of just like, maybe Aerith saved us, but we don't know because it ends at yeah. that moment. And what we see is Red 13 at the end arriving to a Midgar that's kind of destroyed. So it's been yeah. speculated for years, and I don't know it's been confirmed. Maybe a giant Final Fantasy Seven fan is like, you're wrong. But I think people have said like, no, they lost. And it was the Earth trying to defend itself, but at the end of it, everyone lost. Everyone's dead, right? And then a lot of people have debated, like, no, 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 because Advent Children came out, cause, and that fixed everything. That means they survived. But then more people are talking about, like, oh, no, 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 no that's the outcome of, of, of Remake or whatever now or whatever. My feeling of it, not going too far into to speculation of much of what this could mean, I think... 
Aerith will finally be able to save the Earth. What we experienced in the original was the demise of Earth, but this yep. is something where now she knows how the outcome is, and now she could save it, but she still yeah. knows she has to die. And it's going to be that moment where Cloud's going to be like, no, I could do it this time. And she's like, you can, but then we won't survive. Like, I ha we have to. <laughs> it's, it's that false hope, dude, that we had when we were kids that we could save her. And I think there's even that talk of, like, there's going to be two timelines split. There's two timelines, and that's where we see Zack at the end of Remake. There's a t thing where we're going to follow a timeline where Zack does live, but Aerith is yeah. dead too. So I think it's all this combination of just like, not only is it going to be Aerith having to do her part, but it's also going to have to be Zack in a different timeline to fix a part to defeat Sifroth. I think Cloud and Zack are going to be defeating this person at the same time because if if they try to defeat him in this what's going on in remake then Sephiroth is going to just okay well I did it once I could do it again and come back and try to try to defeat you again but I think that's yeah. where I think this is where Zack's timeline whatever we see Zack in it's fooling us dude it's I feel it's fooling us into thinking that he's now a part of it but I think it's like no Zack needs to do his part too to de finally defeat Sephiroth cuz if not Sephiroth is going to keep fucking doing this shit He's going to terminate her yeah. this shit and try to keep coming back and defeat John Connor. And he keeps like these, all these <laughs> fucking Terminator movies that just fucking suck. Zach yeah. is, it, I think this is them kind of going, we're going to end this once and for all. Sephiroth is done. Cause he is so, he could do this. He could keep coming back. But Zach's, Zach's role is to stop him from just doing it again. And our role yeah. is to, finish what Aerith needs to do and help her in her what she has to do in her right. unfortunately yep. her thing is to she has to die and a lot of people will say like no 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 now it's going to be Tifa but I think that takes away so much from those characters if you were to make it Tifa and then Aerith lives it takes too much of the importance of that character and like yeah you can say like well there always has to be that girl that dies and sacrifice but I think there's going to be another meaning to it that's my feeling I think they're giving us false hope that Aerith is going to be alive, but I, I think she still dies. Final Fantasy VII, though not my favorite in the series, it definitely paved the way for my love of turn-based RPGs. I'm sure there's plenty of people tired of hearing about this title, but there really is a reason why it's one of the, if not the most talked about PS1 games out there. I remember coming back to this game as a teen and having a better understanding of RPGs, because I've already beaten eight and nine, it was at a certain point in the story when I was like, man, this game has an amazing story. But it was so long ago, I can't put my finger on exactly what part did it. I'm thinking it was during the presentation in Cosmo Canyon with um, Buggin Hagen, however you say his name. I don't know why, but I remember sitting there just like, wow. This is a great story. Now, of course, if you know me, the thing that really stood out to me was the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack. Naboo, if that's how you say his name, I'm not 100% sure, he did amazing for that soundtrack. I just listened to it just the other day, and every track just took me right back to that part of the game. He did amazing with the environment. Just the music just fits so perfectly with all the environment in the game. Just like the 
battle theme when you're in Midgar. The, the sound like a wrench or something hitting an empty pipe, you know, it just took you right back into that. And same with the um, Cosmo Candy music. It just takes you right, right back into the environment that you were in while playing the game. And of course, there's Aerie's theme, which is just a beautiful, beautiful song. There's Tifa's theme, Barrett's theme, Flowers in the Church. Then there's Who Are You? He did awesome with that. Once those initial notes hit, it just feels like like a dream or like a nightmare kind of thing. And all the tracks are like that. I was blown away by it. If you haven't heard the soundtrack, if you're not a fan of Final Fantasy, but you're a fan of awesome music, give the soundtrack a listen. It won't disappoint. So that's just a quick dive into my feelings for Final Fantasy VII. Paved the way for my love of RPGs, and I really hope to beat the remake one day. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you for listening. And remember, go check out the soundtrack. It's very, very good. Peace out, y'all. One thing I really enjoyed, I don't know, did you play the Integrals? Is it called Integrals? The PS5 stuff with with Yuffie and stuff? Oh, okay, okay. That one was really cool. I really enjoyed it. And it's going back to to what we were talking about, Final Fantasy VII, where in the original Final Fantasy VII, there was a chance you you wouldn't get Vincent or Yuffie. And I like that now they're being a part of the story. Because you can get them in the original Final Fantasy... But a lot of their story yeah. stuff or or them being integrated into the main story was kind of half-assed. And I'm not saying there wasn't yeah. story. There was story there because you find it about Vincent. You find it about Yuffie and everything yeah. that's going on with her. But when it came to the ending cinematics where they're at, you know, when Holy's happening and the, the, the meteor's there, you don't see a CG Vincent. You don't see a CG Yuffie because there was a chance you didn't get them. But now that they're going to be a part of the story, now that we can dive deeper into it and they can actually be melded yeah. into everything, it's going to be really cool to see them be a part of the, the, the main story. You know, like not just a side story thing, you know. That's what I'm looking forward to these these next games. And look, man, when it's all said and done, remake, rebirth, maybe the third one's going to be called Reunion. You know, that's what everyone's assuming. No matter what happens, no matter how it all turns out, it, if it's a big pile of shit and we hate it, yeah. Seven's still going to be there. Final Fantasy Seven, the game we played in 1997, is still going to be there. No matter how shitty Final Fantasy Seven Remake, Rebirth, and Reunion could be, that stuff doesn't affect my past, right? You have these yeah. people going... You know, the Disney with Star Wars ruined my childhood. It's like to me that stuff. No, it's still it's your childhood happened and it's over. It what happens in your adulthood isn't gonna affect your childhood because it already happened. Yeah. To me, that's how I feel. 
So this stuff could be a big pile of shit, but it will never take away my experience with 7 originally. All it is is it's going to affect what it, how I feel about what these new ones are. Not what my past experience was. On that note, like I think that Final Fantasy 7 belongs in its own being. Like, you know, like not like the story and the stuff like that needs to be its own thing. Mm -hmm. And it will always be good. Like, playing it 25 years later, I still wasn't as enthralled with the game as I was back in the day. And I think that if if they were to do an exact copy of it with the remake, I think it would take away from that. Mm -hmm. Because if they change stuff in the story, and you're like, oh, well... I mean, I shouldn't say change stuff in the story, but like, if they, change, if they do an exact copy of the story... You know, and they change some things. You're not experiencing it the original. You know what I mean? I don't. Mm. I don't know how to explain. It. I think it's important that it's its own thing. That the remake is different. Um, besides being able to be like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen, but like also, people have to go back and play seven to get the entire story. Mm -hmm. And then like you can still play seven remake and learn who people are, but it's a completely different storyline. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Kind of. So I think I think as time goes on, Seven will always be Seven. Like, Evil Remake or whatever. It doesn't need it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's so good. Like, I don't think they ever need to do it. I mean, sure, they can update the sprites and stuff like that or whatever, but you know, I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Like, I really playing it again, I know I didn't get as far as I usually wanted to, but like, yeah. playing it again, I was, I was into it. I'm like, reading through the text and like, doing all the things, and I'm like, oh my god, like, I forgot how in-depth it was, you know? There's one thing I wanted to talk to you about that I remembered. I don't know if you heard this going back to when we were kids, friends, all you guys talking about like things. I remember having conversation to Final Fantasy VII with friends and stuff. Friend was telling me that Marlene is an angel. Yeah, yes, apparently there's a part in the story about that, and I I have yet to experience it, but the guy did bring it up that like that Marlene is some kind of ancient. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the guy's name was. I'll have to look it up and I'll let you know. Does it happen in that storyline with Barrett and the dad? Yes. And the okay. Dad. I think that's what he was, what he brought a reference to. And, and maybe wrong, but that's what he was talking about. You know, he didn't do any of the side stuff. He was like, this is just the main story, which is what I wanted. So I remember. So <laughs> he's talking like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. So there is that, that room, I, I do believe is true. Yeah. But. Anything else you want to share? Any closing thoughts on this? Again, it's a terrible game. Don't ever play it. <laughs> um, I really think you should play it. If you, even if you're not a fan of JRPGs, like the story alone is so good, and like just us talking about. I mean, we didn't get into the backstory of the weapons. We didn't get into the backstory of like how the gold saucer was made. You know, it's like oh, a yeah. prison, like going all these things. It's like there's all this stuff in there that is worth experiencing, and like the story and stuff, and like. If, even if you're not into like JRPG stuff, like the story is so good, at least take the time to watch a video on it, like and, and experience it that way. I mean, you bringing up the gold saucer. I remember when I was going through Final Fantasy VII, like everybody was telling me, "Dude, wait until you get to the golden saucer." I'm like, "What the fuck <laughs> is gonna happen?" We just wait, bro. The golden the golden saucer was such a big. Thing yeah. that when you finally got there, I mean, it pales in comparison to a lot of things now, you know, of course, yeah. in games as they evolve. But like, you're able to play mini games, you're able to go on rides, you're able to choke <laughs> yeah. about breed, you're able to choke about race. Yeah. Like, that was a lot in a fucking game, 
you know? And yeah. it's just like, dude, dude, who'd you take out on a date? And it's just like, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah bro. It's yeah. either it's either Eris or Tifa or Barrett. And you're like, what? How can I get <laughs> Barrett, dude? Like, there was all this shit. And it was just like, and and that was the thing. Like, we were talking about characters and stuff like that. But that's yeah. what was so important because you had two distinctly different characters when it came to Tifa and Aerith, you know? People have their favorites, you know. People are people are either a Tifa girl or a guy, whoever, you know. Like you hear all these yeah. stories about who who people liked or who who they were going for and stuff like that. That it, it's crazy how much is still talked about today. Like the whole Don Corneo thing. Like he's like gets her on the bed and is like gyrating and shit. I'm like, whoa, I yeah. It's like, <laughs> why is he just dancing? What's he doing? Yeah, it's like he's dancing, man, bro. But now, like, I'm watching. I'm like, oh, she's gonna rape this woman. I'm just like, yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> get in there. Like, yeah. And the guy's trying to, uh, <laughs> trying to get Cloud and freaking. Uh, it was just Cloud. It was just Cloud in there. Mm-hmm. Where they like, then he reveals himself as a dude and beats their ass. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, it was it was some good stuff. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, I think they, they hit me. I'm gonna say they did either way. <laughs> Uh, anything else? No, man. I love the game. Seriously, check it out. And yeah, that's it, really. In a in a world with so many Final Fantasies, as we've talked about, this opened up the door in the West for just RPGs in general. Final Fantasy VII. There's a reason why Final Fantasy VII is loved to this day. It opened up a whole new genre for so many people who didn't care about the genre or didn't even give it a a second thought. You know. So many series were were enjoyed and loved by because of Final Fantasy VII, because of that. And even in Japan, where Final Fantasy isn't as big as Dragon Quest. But this was something that opened the door for a lot of people in the West. I can't stress enough how much this changed things. If it wasn't for Final Fantasy VII, I wouldn't enjoy the RPGs I enjoy today, like Persona, Dragon Quest... Chrono Cross, Chrono Trigger, like for a long time, I would only touch yep. Square Soft games, RPGs. I didn't care for any other RPGs, but then slowly people were like, "Dude, you got to try out Wild Arms. You got to try out Xeno Gear, Xeno oh, Saga. Yeah. You got to try out all these non-Square RPGs, Shin Megami Tensei, all this stuff." And it opened up a door that, like, if it wasn't for Seven, I wouldn't have gotten into the series. And if it wasn't for Final Fantasy VII, I wouldn't have cared to come back and try all these other different Final Fantasy games, everything from one going forward. And is Final Fantasy VII my favorite Final Fantasy? As time went on, no, it's not. That that goes to Final Fantasy IV for me because it struck a chord. But to me, VII is the most important because it started it all. Because it changed my view on it. It wasn't just a game. It wasn't just a math game. It was more. Final Fantasy was a series that showed me visually, cinematically, in that time for me, Resident Evil, Metal Gear, Final Fantasy, showed me that story was important. It wasn't just action, shooting, hack and slashing. The testament to that is going back to the originals, Final Fantasy 4, Final Fantasy 6, in a game won't look as good as 8, Final Fantasy 8, right? Yeah. But your mind and visually what they could do with it, 
still told the story. Good storytelling could take you so far. Good artwork could take you so far. Music yeah. could take you so far. A combination of all of that will take you places. And that's what Final Fantasy has done. That's what Dragon Quest has done. That's what Persona, all these great games do. And in a medium now where sky is the limit on visuals, orchestrated soundtracks, giant 15 to 100 gigabyte file video game could give you everything and anything you want visually on screen. Final Fantasy VII was the one that opened up so many eyes and led the way, especially in the West, to bring in not only storytelling, but fantasy gaming into the mainstream. Yep. And on Final Fantasy's 25th year, that's why it's important and that's why people love it because people were able to connect to it and to this day, it's still something that means a lot to people. Final Fantasy VII will continue from now and into the future. Everyone dies eventually. I suppose. So we need to make the most of the time we have. To live our lives the way we want to live. Every minute, every moment matters. I'll remember that. Good. <laughs> 